Hey, Element Church, I trust everybody had a great Christmas, and I just want to wish you a happy new year. As we're wrapping up this year, I am so excited to bring my favorite speaker and communicator to Element Church, Pastor Lee Wilson, and he's joined by his lovely wife, Tanya, this weekend. But truly, he's more than a speaker and a guest. He's dear friends and family. In fact, one of my absolute best friends. He's also a board member here at Element Church, and he has been a part of the board ever since we started Element Church 15 years ago. He has helped provide wisdom and guidance and counsel, and if Element Church has blessed you in any way, Pastor Lee has had his hand upon that. Uh, just helping and lead us and guide us uh, behind the scenes. But he has truly made a tremendous impact, and uh, we're just so honored to have him with us. Pastor Lee has been in full-time ministry now for over 35 years. He's traveled literally all over the world teaching and preaching the gospel. Uh, he's pastored and planted churches. He has been executive pastor on large staffs, and right now he's been serving for many years in a great church in Syracuse, New York, as the executive pastor there and uh, we're just so honored to be able to have this ministry gift with us and this dear friend board member and family member here at element church so would you please give a warm element church welcome to our dear friend pastor lee wilson hello praise god thank you element thank you before you see, let's just have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, for this moment, and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come. Open up the word of God, and I pray that every ear is open to hear, and every heart's open to receive all that you have to say today. Lord, speak through my lips with utterance and boldness. Let the things that are being said minister to every single person. Let not one of us leave this place the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much once again. It is always an honor to be home here in uh, Missouri and here at Element Church. We really do consider it. Uh, it's, it's summer here uh, compared to where I'm from. It's, I hear people talking about how cold it is, and I'm like, what, really? Man, here they'll be wearing flip-flops and tank shirts in uh, Syracuse with this kind of weather. But we're just blessed to be here myself and my lovely wife, Tanya. Would you stand? Uh, that's my wife, Tanya. Yeah. We celebrated just a, uh, a couple of months ago, 30 years of marriage, and uh, yeah, we got, we got married in elementary school, so that's, um, that sums that up. I can say, God, you guys look like you're that old, but honestly, it's just a blessing to, to be here as always. And as we close out this year, has, has this year been a great year for you, 2019? Has it been a great year for you? Okay, for five of you. All right, good. Well, we're going to help the rest of you have a better 2020, Amen. You know, I'm excited about 2020. The only thing I'm really kind of disappointed about with 2020, I just thought we would be in the Jetsons era by now. Because, you know, when I was growing up, 2020 was going to be the year we're going to be flying around in spaceships, like as cars, but we're not there. But anyway, I do believe that 2020 is an opportunity for us to do some things. And so tonight, I just want to spend a few moments talking to you about your God's gift to the world. God's gift to the world. Now, I know that there are some people here saying, finally, somebody has recognized my contribution <laughs> to this place. I am God's gift go. to the world. Matter of fact, turn to the person next to you and say, you are God's gift to the world. 
It's important to know that, that when you were born, you weren't an accident, that you were placed here for something and God put something inside of you. As a matter of fact, this is extremely relevant to me. Tomorrow, I celebrate 54 years. My birthday is tomorrow, and I'm excited because when I look at my life, I realize that God, it's not me that's so special, but it's God that's in me. And it's God that put these things in my life that I was born just a few years ago. I, I considered December 29th at, at, at 5 a.m. in the morning in Her, at Herman Hospital in Houston, Texas. And God began to put some things, um, put, he birthed me and put me here for such a time as this. And he's no respect of person, the same as you. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, for God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning. The emphasis here is on the word given, that God placed us here and he's, he's gifted us with something, not just for our own taking, but a, he's gifted us with something for, for a better and a bigger purpose. The word gift is defined as something given willingly to someone without payment. You see, God gifted us with the talents and the skills and all the abilities that we have. And some of those things are spiritual. Some of those things are just naturally, you're naturally good at things. Like my wife, she's a, she's a math major about to finish with her PhD in math education. And some people are just like gifted when it comes to math. And then there are people like me. The only thing I can count is money. And my wife says, you don't do that well either. So, but the reality is that some of us are gifted with certain things, and it's important to know that God has gifted you for such a time as this. And in this coming year, making it important that your life is not just about the gifts that many of us just received under the tree just a few days ago. We, we really put emphasis on gifts in our culture today to the point where we spend millions and millions of dollars on what we think is a real gift. But the real gift is really what's on the inside of us. The real gift is not what comes under a tree. It's interesting. I got some facts for you. Do you know that we use almost 28,000, 28,497,467 rolls of wrapping paper? We use almost 16 million uh, Christmas bowls just to put on what we call those gifts. Spent over $37 million buying Christmas uh, trees just to put gifts under them. And all missing, many people are missing the realness. The real gift is what God has put in you, not the gift that came under a tree. Amen. And it's, it's amazing. And even with natural gifts, we just kind of, some people get real excited, like, like this one picture here. They get real excited when they get a gift. That's, isn't that how some of you are? Put the, put, the, put the picture back up. Some people get excited. They haven't even opened up the gift yet. They're just thankful that they have a gift. Then there are those who are confused by their gifts. <laughs> My first fire. <laughs> some people are confused by their gifts. And then there are people who are just flat out ungrateful. Maybe some of you saw some of this this past, you worked hard to hide, to save up, to buy, and then you gave them the gift. It's like, this is it? Well, you know what's interesting? So many people have that same mentality when it comes to God. Because God has gifted us, 
And some people are excited about the gifts that God has placed in them. Some people are excited about the opportunity. You know, you ever seen a, an usher, person that serves as an usher or a greeter or in the parking lot? They're so excited. And there are others like, I could never be that excited about that. We thank God for the ushers. Thank God for the parking team. Come on, let's give them. For the people working in the nursery. Hallelujah. The production guys, we're thankful for them behind the scenes. But, but then there's some people, when it comes to their gifts from God, they're confused. They're confused because they're serving in an area that they thought, I'll never serve in. And why am I doing this? Why, why am I, I'm so confused, God. When, God, when are you going to open up the door for me? And then there are some people who are just flat out ungrateful. They're ungrateful with the things that God has given them, the blessings that God has given them, the, the moms and the, the parents that God has given them, the home that they have. You know, I just recently came from Honduras. Let me just tell you something. We're blessed in the United States. And it's not to put down any other country, but we're blessed here. But often we have our minds thinking about other things and we want to go other places. We're ungrateful for the things that God has given us. Turn to the person next to you and say, how does he know so much about you? It's an interesting. It's just interesting. You see, the greatest gift that we will ever be given is the gift of Christ. The gift of Christ, we receive this gift not because of something that we deserve. We didn't earn it. He gave it to us. And God has given us this gift. And it doesn't matter if you've been naughty or nice. It doesn't matter. He gave us the gift of Christ. Amen. And that's the greatest gift, whether you ever get anything under the tree or not. It's a gift that God has given to us out of his grace, out of his love for us. The gift of Christ in our life makes us beautiful inside and out. The gift of Christ makes life great all year long, not just one day. The gift of Christ makes life worth living. And why is it so important that we get this in our hearts now? The gift of Christ inside of us, that we are a gift to this world so that we can make a difference, so you can go into 2019. And this time next year, when you ask the question, how was your 2020? You're, you're, you're going to be so excited. It's going to be the most exciting thing you've, you've shouted for all year long. Why? Because you realize that God put something in you, whether you're 13 or 38 or 68 or feel like this is the end of my life, you can sit and say, my God, 2020 was the greatest year because I used the gift of Christ on the inside of me to help others. Amen. That's an old saying, and I've lived long enough now to say, I'm a, I can actually say it's an old saying, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, this means something different to a lot of people. For instance, I'm going to show you a picture of Picasso. This is a picture, a painting of a Picasso painting. Now, some people look at this and be like, oh my gosh, that is art. That is beautiful. That is breathtaking. And there are other people like, that looks like something that a second grader just did. But there are people spending millions and millions of dollars to be able to have the original painting of a Picasso on their walls. Just to say, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a gift. What a gift he was. There are other things that people look at, like this beautiful animal here. Put it on the screen. People look at the pug. And some people are like, oh my gosh, he's so adorable. He's so beautiful. Oh, look at him. Look at the other one. Look at the other. Show the other one. Oh, my gosh. It's a beautiful animal. Such a beautiful, beautiful animal. Then there are others like, oh, my gosh. That's not beautiful. Look at his face. Looked like he got hit in the head with a shovel. As there are some people. 
That's what some people think. There's nothing beautiful about it. But the interesting thing is, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Some people look at their gifts and look at who they are, and they say, it's impossible for me to see anything beautiful in my life. It's any way I can't see myself uh, as adorable as, as I see that animal. I can't see myself as someone special. You've got to begin to look at yourself the way that God looks at you. You see, when God looks at you, he sees beauty. He sees something way beautiful than a, than a pug. He, looks, he sees something way more beautiful than, um, you know, um, that, that Picasso picture. You see, it, we're, it's so easy for us to look at other things and say, oh, how gifted. How gifted they are. How gifted she is. When we look at things in, in life and in our culture today, we look at, um, you know, things like the galaxy. And we look at the galaxy and we say, oh my gosh, the galaxy is so beautiful. It's so amazing, the stars, but we can't look at the very thing, the very God that created the galaxy. It's the same God who made you. The scriptures remind us of this in the book of Genesis chapter 1. And Genesis chapter 1 says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the, de the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Down in verse 24, it says, Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offsprings of the same kind, livestock and small animals that scurry along the ground, wild animals, and that it was, and it happened. And God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offsprings of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. In verse 26, he says, And he made his greatest creation. And then God said, let us make humans, beings in our image, to be like us. And they will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock and all, all the wild animals of the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. And so God created humans in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I want you to say this out loud. God makes beautiful things. Now turn to the person next to you and say this to them. We're in class today, so we're going to have a little class. I want you to turn to them and say, when I look at you, I see the beautiful gift of God. Why is it that I have you say that? Here's why some people need to say that. You either get this in your heart and your spirit and your, you get a picture. You either understand this is the purpose of God as you go into the new year. The reason why I had you do that is because some people find it hard to say that they're beautiful. They find it hard to see that they're gifted. Even though the scripture says to us that God created us in his image. And we can say God is beautiful all day. We'll sing about the beauty of God. We will pray about the beauty of God. We worship about the beauty of God. But we've never seen him in our own eyes. But we felt his beauty. And we felt the gift of him. But yet sitting right next to you is one of the most beautiful things that God has ever created. You. And it's important for us to start seeing ourselves that way. And not just look at the God's creations, like a swan. You see, a swan is a beautiful animal. It's a gorgeous animal. And some people, it's, it's flawless in, in, when you look at it. But you are way more beautiful than that swan. The galaxy that I spoke about. God created the galaxy, and it's still, it's endless as far as we know. And God created that. But you are way more beautiful and more gifted than anything you would see in the sky. And then we look at celebrities, celebrities in Hollywood like 
like this beautiful woman here, and, and we say, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful, she's so gifted, or this next uh, person, oh my gosh, he's, he's, he's so whatever. <laughs> I can, the rock, I, you know, it's a funny story, my wife and I, as we grew up, we made a decision, hey, we're never going to ever be insecure or jealous about celebrities or whatever. And I don't even understand how spouses can be upset with their spouse about them liking or thinking another actress or, or, or actor is beautiful or handsome, uh, you know, because the reality of them ever being with them is never going to happen. Right. <laughs> so I, I remember asking my wife, you know, who's your celebrity crush? And she said, uh, um, The Rock. And I was like, why? She said, do you have to ask why? <laughs> and I'm a person that's real, you know, I'm a man. All the men say, yeah. yeah. I'm a man, I'm a man. So listen, when, I, when I'm saying what I'm about to say, understand I'm a man, but after listening to her and understanding what she said and looking at the rock, I'm like, you know what? And she said, he's, he's, he's handsome, the muscles, he's fine, he's good looking. And I'm like, you got a point. <laughs> He is kind of fine. He is. I'm not going to lie. He is. <laughs> but if you look at the rock and look at yourself, you're like, oh, my gosh, I never compared to him. You need to understand that God has made you in a certain way. God has made you with certain gifts and certain abilities. And it's important for you to know who you are in God and not look at yourself through the image of something or someone else. God has gifted you to this world for such a time as this. No matter who you are, Male or female, young or old, your gift to this world. Not because of what's on the outside. Not even because of what the gifts and talents and abilities that you have. But because the gift of Christ that lives on the inside of you. Can someone say amen? amen. Colossians chapter 1 says this. For through him, God created everything. And in the heavenly realms on the earth, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before every, anything else, and he holds all creations together. God created this beautiful world we have, the world that we can see and the world we cannot see. He creates beautiful things. The word beauty means all that is pleasing and of a high standard and excellence. You are beautiful. You are something that God is pleased with. You see, you've got to understand God is pleased with you. Stop beating yourself up. Stop trying to be someone else. Stop trying to be liked on social media when you're loved by the ultimate God. Don't under, listen, understand that. You are loved. You are not just liked. You are loved by God, young people. You are loved by God. God, man, you're loved by God. And this year, he wants us to show that love through our gifts. He wants us to not let it be about us. And here's the thing about the gifts that are inside of us. If you don't use them, you'll lose it. Bigger than that, if you don't use your gifts, you lose your impact on the world. That's why it's so awesome when I look around here and I see young people sitting in service now at 7 and 8 and some of you 10, 13, 14, however old you may be. That's great. And there are other people here say, I'm 60 and I'm young too, so I get you. I understand. You are young. But here's the most beautiful thing about these young people that are sitting here. You're hearing the word right now. What can you do with what you hear right now? How your life can be so 
powerful and versus just following somebody and searching someone and looking at someone else's life that's not even really real. It's all fake. The reality is your life is the realest life you'll ever know. And what you're going to do with this life that God has given you, to know that you're pleasing to God. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. He's not looking at you like, oh, oh, no, no, no. He's looking at you like, oh, my gosh, excellence, very high standard. Isn't that great to know? That as I go into 2020 and someone asks you, what are you looking forward to do in 2020? I'm looking forward to making a difference with the gifts that God has placed in my life. Here's what's unfortunate. One of the biggest gifts and one of the most popular gifts, I would say, in our culture today is to give uh, people gift cards. And do you know that every year we actually, people do not spend anywhere between two and four billion dollars of unused gift cards. And I, I, just, I just want to put out something here for you. If you're one of those people here and you have gift cards you haven't used, bring them to me. I will use them. <laughs> I am good at using gifts very well. But it's amazing how we spend, literally, or don't spend $4 billion, up to $4 billion every year goes in unused gift cards. If we were to begin to add up the gifts in the, in the lives of men and women, and people are just sitting in church and coming and thank God you come, and thank God you're watching, and thank God for whatever part you do, but it's more that God wants to do in your life this year. You are God's gift to the world, and, that, and you is, you're so much more valuable than gift cards, because sometimes gift cards are limited, and they have all these stipulations on them, and costs, and you can only spend it here, and you can only use it there, but you as a gift, God has called you, you can use that gift anywhere in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited just preaching it. So I know it's, it's good, praise the Lord. <laughs> you got to know that you are God's gift. Anything that, that is not used will go to waste. For instance, you, the best built homes unoccupied, let it sit and don't do anything with it, that, that house will ultimately fall apart. No matter how beautiful it is when it's built, if it's never used, if no one's ever in it, you're never using it, it will eventually just fall apart. If you've learned a foreign language, and some of you know this, and you don't use that language over and over again, if you don't use it regularly, you begin to lose the ability to speak and understand that language. The same is with medicine. You can actually have medicine that was prescribed to you to help you do something. But if you don't use that medicine, it will go bad. It will not have the same impact that it originally supposed to have in, our, in your life and for your body. And the same is with the gifts of God. Even though the Bible says that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, there are so many people sitting right here, so many people watching this program and watching this online service as you watch many. When are you going to use the gifts that God has placed in your life? And I can't think of a better time than 2020 to say when 2020 hit, it's when I began to become God's gift to the world. Oh my gosh, that's the best preaching I've done all day. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 25, there's a story, a parable that Jesus gave about the, the, the parable of the talents. It's a very powerful uh, illustration of losing or using your gift. And we see that Jesus talks about three men who are given talents. Uh, and, and a talent is actually, it, it means the weight. And it was how they would determine um, the weight of something is, is they would put it on the scale and they would determine how much it weighed. Your talents are weighed, are, are value to God. 
And, and so this illustration, this parable that Jesus was giving, he talked about three young men. One was given five talents, and one was given two, um, two, two talents, and one was given one talent. And the one with the five talents and the one with the two talents, they, take, they took their talents and they went out and they did what they used their gifts. But the one with the one talent, he took his talent and not used it. He went out and buried it and thought it was something good. But you, as you read that story, and I encourage you to read it, you'll find out that it wasn't good. And so many people have buried their talents. They've been, their talents are living on the inside of them because of something somebody did to you or something that you, you were hurt or you were abused or you were never looked at um, uh, with encouragement. You were never told you were excellent. You were never, you never been spoken over like you're hearing today. But I'm here to tell you that God says, forget those things which are behind and press towards those things which are ahead. You are talented. You are gifted. And stop sitting on those talents and stop burying those talents. And it's time to begin to use those talents in whatever way God God's telling you, do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Matthew 25, and verse 29 says, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. What are you doing with the talents that God has placed in your life? I will say this to you, and I don't believe that there's anyone here. Just uh, these are the people at the next services that will be here. But uh, some people are so selfish with their talents. They're selfish. Don't be selfish. Be serving. And obviously this church is a giving church, and we're not selfish as a church. And I consider, as Pastor Eric said earlier, myself as a family, and I've been a part of this church from the very beginning. And so I've seen the growth, and I've seen the love, and I've seen this, the serving of, of this church. But there are so many of you that God has so much more he wants to do. But some are selfish. And so I want you to tell those people at the other services to stop being selfish. And the characteristics... <laughs> of a selfish person. And maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, am I selfish? Is it me that he's talking about? Because uh, it's easy to always think about who else is this message is for, especially when you start to talk about character issues. But there's some things I want to share with you to kind of pinpoint if you're selfish. Number one, if you're an impatient person. Impatience normally leads to a selfish person. Impatience means that you're annoyed when things don't happen as fast as you would like them to be. We live in that culture today. We live in that society today where we're impatient. We stand at the microwave. We're like, come on, come on. We, we, we have two drive-thrus now, and that's not enough. Everything is just, you know, just we need it fast, fast, and we live in it. And what happens is we bring that mentality over into the things of God. And God doesn't operate like we operate. He doesn't operate by watches and calendars and timers and all of that. God operates in timing, and impatience is a sign of a selfish person. Insecurity is another one. Insecurity is someone who is uncertain and lacks confidence, and they always believe that everyone's talking about them, and they get, they get offended even messages like this. 
This is why I'm telling this to you so you can tell it to the other services. That some people are so insecure. And when you're insecure, you can't see who and what God is doing in your life. And you can't see that, that maybe some of the things that people are saying about you are true. And that maybe that's God's putting those people in your life to help you to make those adjustments so that you can become the ultimate gift that God has called you to the world. Stop looking at your parents as the enemy. Your parents don't love you. Who else would put up with you? I remember having that mindset about my parents. I can't wait till I get old enough so I can get out of this house. I'm tired of them telling me what to do and where I can go and all of that. And man, listen, stay in that house as long as you can. Eat free as long as you can. Sleep free as long as you can with somebody that truly does love you. Insecurity is a sign of a selfish person. And when you're insecure, you cannot use the gifts properly that God has called you to to make a difference in the world. Insensitive is another sign of a selfish person. Insensitive is uh, showing no feelings or concerns for others. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's like, yeah, what can, I, what can you do for me? It's all about me. It's like always me, 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 me. And it's important. I'm not saying you're not important because you are. That's what we're talking about. But if you're always, if it's always about you, if it's always about what you need and when you can, when's the last time you did something for your parents versus when my parents are going to do something for me? When's the last time you did something for your husband instead of your husband always having to do something for you? When's the last time you did something for your wife? Amen. It's so quiet up in this Catholic church. <laughs> Our gifts inside of us. God has so much he wants to do with us, but when we're insensitive and we can't stop and say, hey, can I help you? We can't stop and just say, you know, in Syracuse it gets really cold, and I'm just taught, I'm old-fashioned, and I have this mindset, if I'm coming into a door and I see a lady coming behind me, she could be out in the parking lot, and I see her, once I made eye contact with her, I feel obligated that I must stand there for her and hold that door for her. That's just the kind of man I am. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, just close the door and act like I didn't see her. I saw her. I serve on a board of, uh, for a homeless organization, and it's an amazing um, thing to do because I'm watching how the, the homeless culture today, and we have these mindsets where we prejudge people not even knowing who they are and what their, what their story is. You see, when God says to you, you are a gift, and I've blessed you with something, and I want you to bless someone else with something, it is not your business to judge that person and say, oh, he looks like he's doing drugs, or she looks like she's going to drink that. It's, you know, if God speaks it to you, release that because he has more for you he wants to do and sensitive is a is a is a sign of a person that is not using their gifts for God here's the last one I'll share with you idolatry idolatry is blindly being blindly devoted to yourself or something else other than what God has for you you see, what we need to do in 2019, here's how you close the year out. Here's how you close the year out. People ask, what do I do? What do I do for 2019 before 2020? Look at your life and ask yourself, what are the idols? What's in my life that I worship more than God? Do you spend more time on your phone than you do in your Bible? That's an idol. Do you spend more time YouTubing than you do God-tubing? That's an idol. 
And so you close this year out by looking and saying, what's in my life that I'm more devoted to than I am the gifts and the calling of Christ Jesus? And that, you, you die to it. You leave it at the altar of your heart and you give it over to God and you say, 2020, I'm going to use the gifts that God has placed in my life. And you know what I found out? Those things that I want to do, when I begin to put God first, as the Bible says in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and God will add unto you all those things. God blesses you with the very things you always wanted to do and it's more fruitful, it's more blessed, you don't have guilt and shame, you don't feel that and it's like, my gosh, this is awesome. Praise God. We see in scripture where selfishness kept men and women from being their best. Selfishness fueled Adam and Eve to eat from the tree. Selfishness led Esau to sell his brother's birthright. On and on and on. The rich young ruler, selfish, and his father had everything. He's so selfish. I want all of my money now. I want all of my stuff now. And he found out that that was a big mistake. You see, we have an opportunity to do something special, all of us, not just you, myself as well. But we can't be so selfish. We can't be so goal-oriented. So I got to have all these things in my life, and people are selfish. There was a recent survey done with multiple uh, millions of Americans, and they asked them, how far would you go? What would you do for $10 million? I want you to hear this. 25% of the people said, I would abandon all my friends for $10 million. Um, 16% says, I would give up my citizenship for $10 million. 10% says they will withhold their testimony in a murder trial for $10 million. 6% said they would change their race, which is impossible. You're born the way you are. But the reality is that people are willing to give up so much for something that is nothing when they have everything already on the inside of them that would give them so much. Bible says it would happen. So I'm not as surprised, but it does challenge me. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 says that when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, uh, goes on and on, talks about anger and selfishness and, and division, dr drunkenness and sins like these. Let me tell you again, I have before that anyone lives this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So as I close today, how do you, how are you challenged? How are you using your gifts for God? You see, some of us are just gifted. And you're gifted in so many ways. God shaped you in a way that's so special. You see, let me give you kind of a picture of how God shaped all of us. He shaped us with our, our God-given talents. Some people can just dance. Some people can just organize. Some people can sing. And we thank God for those who can really sing. And because you're saved doesn't mean you can sing. You can sing a joy, the Bible says sing a joyful noise unto the Lord, not to the Lord's people. Okay, some people are gifted to stand here. We saw a beautiful example of that, and we hear it every Sunday. Believe it or not, I'm, I watch the live stream from time to time. We don't have Saturday night service, so every now and then I put on Saturday night, and I just love the worship here. They're gifted, but that's how you're wired. God wired us different with different talents. Number two, identity. There's an identity you have, a personality. You're wired the way you are. So stop trying to change someone and stop trying to change for someone. Yeah. Wow. 
Your identity is who you are. That's what makes you special. That's what makes you God's gift to the world. What fuels you? What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that, that you get up thinking about, you go to sleep thinking about? That's who you are. The trials, the tests, and the tribulations in our life, it makes us who we are. That's how we're able to use our gifts the way we are for God. And then there's those spiritual gifts, a gift of love that so many people have, the gift of leadership, the gift of mercy, the gift of serving, the gift of administration, the gifts of helps. There's some people, like if, if I were to take this water and I would waste this water on the floor, there's some people that couldn't help themselves but to get up and come up here and clean it. Not because that's all they wanted to be in their life was a cleaner, but inside of them, God has given them that gift to serve and to help. And that's how you become God's gift to the world. You see, some of us are tape measures. Let me tell you something. Some people are going to be tape measures. But listen, if you're a hammer, be a hammer. You never see the hammer like, oh, my gosh. I wish I can just measure things. I wish I can do that. I wish I understood that. I wish I can just know. You never see the tape measure like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could just pound and just beat up and just put things down where they're supposed to be. Listen, you're a hammer, be a hammer. You're a tape measure, be a tape measure. That's what God has called you to be, and that's how you make a difference in the world. I'm going to say this. There's so much more I want to say, but I can't. I'm out, I'm out of time, but I'll say this. You are the missing piece. Anybody like puzzles? My wife likes puzzles. I, I appreciate that in her. <laughs> Let me show you a picture of a puzzle. You see, that puzzle, all of the blue and all of the parts that's together, that's the world. See that part right there? It's missing? That's you. And God is saying, will you, in 2020, fill in your part? You are a piece to the puzzle. Not every piece of the puzzle is the same. You are a piece to this world. This world needs you. This world's calling on you. Your school needs you. There are people you sit at the cafeteria with every day. There are people you go to work with every single day that you grudge. I don't want to go to this job. God has you going to that job until you follow through on what he sent you there to do and be obedient to what? You remember the time you pray for that job? You remember when you believe God for that husband? You remember when you believe God for that wife that you're so like, oh my gosh, why did I do this? God did it because you asked him for it. And God says, do your part. Stop trying to fill everybody else's part. Don't be the missing piece in 2020. Fill it in, and let's be God's gift to the world. Amen? Amen. Let's give God praise. Let's give him glory. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. And I just pray, Lord, now that no one feels condemned and no one feels guilty, but they feel encouraged today. Encourage, Lord God, to close this year out, doing inventory of their life and asking, are there things in my life that I have put before God? Are there gifts in my life that I have? I buried and I put underneath and said I would never sing and I would never be a giver again or I would never serve and I would never play that part again. I would never be a husband or a wife or whatever it is that you have said. I pray that as you close this year out, you search your heart and you say, God, this year, I'm going to live my life not for these things. I'm not going to worship these things in my life anymore. Lord, I'm going to get my priorities order starting with you making you first. And then, Lord, in 2020, I'm going to live my life on purpose. I'm going to live my life intentionally for you, serving you and serving this world. Whether I go to the othermost parts of the world or I stay right in the, in the St. Louis area, I'm going to give you my best this year.
I'm going to serve more than I've ever served. I'm going to serve with a heart, not for attention and not for titles and not for any kind of uh, 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 acknowledgement, but to just say, God, I love you and I appreciate you. I thank you for every person that has heard this message, every person, Lord God, that is sitting and hearing now. Let this be the most amazing year we've ever had. And let us, every one of us, Lord, including myself, show the world that we're God's gift to them. In Jesus' name, amen.